Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Midway USA brand product designers have one straightforward goal. Develop high-quality, technically sound products and deliver them to customers at reasonable prices. If you are immersed in the shooting sports industry and pay close attention to every single detail, you know our products are built right and stand up to everyday use. Who has shooting mats and range bag systems to hunting clothing and just about everything for the outdoors? Log on and shop 24-7 with super-fast shipping. MidwayUSA.com I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Tomorrow is opening day. This morning, then I have a great hunt. Deer didn't move like usual. We just got set up in the middle of this bedding thicket. Um, and saving this spot from the rut. It's a 170. That was money. I think he's down right over there. <laughs> 10 yards. Whitetail Legacy Podcast, bringing you back to the hunt and leaving a legacy. Baller rut. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast, coming in your ear holes. Another episode, another week down, guys. Another week closer to deer season. I'm getting jacked up, been shooting the bows, been getting all my trail cameras ready for the great deployment of cams. And that's what this episode's all about. This is the step-by-step basis that I do to prepare myself to have the best disbursement of cams during that first one, because that's when you put out the most cams of the year. There's so many things that you need to dial in so you don't go out there to a card that that has errors. You have a camera that didn't take pictures. You got camera with dead batteries. There's so many steps that you need to do, cameras that don't work. like There's so many steps that you need to do before you even get into the field to really prepare yourself to have when you pull that that first set of cards to get all that data of the bucks that you're going to be able to hunt that year, it is very crucial that everything works flawless. Before we get into the episode, you know what the deal is. we got to talk about our partners and make this, this podcast possible, and that's Exodus Outdoor Gear. Guys, you've been crushing it with the code WLP. Anybody that has used the code 
I cannot thank you enough. You're supporting the podcast in a really big way. Also supporting Exodus, and you're getting some huge savings by using this code. So guys, you still have to the June 12th to get this in. So you have about five days left, guys. So if you've been holding out, trying to ride the fence, you can still use that code. That code is WLP, and that's going to save you 25% off the entire Exodus website, guys. Anything on that website, 25% off. This is one of the biggest savings of the year. So what you're going to do is you're going to fill that cart with whatever you want. A render, maybe, their flagship trail camera, you know, the, the, the one with the viewing screen, the real dog that's been out there working for me for a, for a lot of years, getting those pictures, send them to your phone. Or the more budget-friendly option, the Rival. That's the the new one that they come out with this year. Um, super dependable, very simple to use. Doesn't have a viewing screen. Has an on-off button. Links up real quick and easy. Um, it's the I like to call it the dummy-down version of the Render. Uh, the Render you get a lot more fe- features. You get, there's a ton more settings of how you want to set it up. Um, with the Rival, there's less settings, less mess. Real simple, but you can get um, one of those rivals for 125 bucks shipped to your house, guys, with a five-year no BS warranty. Um, and that's if you use that code WLP. Um, also, the MMT arrows. If you guys are looking for a new set of arrows, now is the ch- time to change those arrows, not August or September or, or you know going right into the be- beginning of the season. Um, you can you can save twenty five percent on those arrows and really have a good deal. You can get seventy bucks off a dozen of MMT arrows right now and be set up for the whole entire year. And the MMT is a custom tailor built arrow from Exodus. That's with your draw weight, your poundage, what knock you want. You can do three veins, you can do four veins. They custom build these arrows specifically for you and your bow, and they ship them out. You can get inserts. You know, weighted inserts, no inserts. You can shoot 125s. You can do whatever you want. Like, there's so many options to set it up exactly how you want. All right, well, let's get into this episode. This is just going to be me on this episode. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to get a lot of points on, so I figured I'd just do it myself to make sure that when you guys do release your trail cameras for the year, take them off the shelf, let them go out there and do work. You have the best possible, you know chance of getting the intel flawlessly and there's a lot of steps to do so starting off with just the cameras you know there's there's three things that make that make or break whether you get pictures on that at that card on that camera first it's the camera camera's got to be in good working order you know it's got to be it's got to be ready to go it's got to be taking pictures etc etc second is the sd card a lot of things about the SD card to look out for that a lot of people don't know. Third, it's the power supply. How are you powering this thing to get the pictures sent to you or get the pictures on the SD card one way or the other? That is the big three. So we're going to start it off with the cameras. So when you get your cameras out, you want to just do a basic rub through of them. Check all the buttons, see if you know the locking locks still work. You know, the clips, I've broke a lot of clips, and you can order those. Uh, the battery trays, make sure the battery tray is in and out. On the battery trays, there is contact points where the batteries actually make contact. Um, sometimes with those springs, they can get wear out over over time. Um, if you have, you know, if you've had the camera for six, seven years, which some of my cameras I have, um, 
the firmware updates, if there if you have any camera, especially a newer camera, um, especially a cell cam, there's probably a firmware update for that. So you need to go to the manufacturer's website and find that firmware update and download that firmware update on an SD card and put it in that camera to get the, the most recent firmware on that camera. It's real simple to do. It sounds confusing, but it's real simple to do. If I can do it with technology, anybody can do it. Um, another thing that you want to do that I've struggled with sometimes is you want to take a test picture. You don't. You want to take a test picture for a couple reasons. So you want to get it fired up. Everything's working. Cylinders clicking. It's taking pictures. You want to let it take a few pictures, and then you want to see if it holds date and time. So one, there's nothing more frustrating than a camera that doesn't hold date and time. And I've had some that factory reset back to like January 1st, 2015. Like they, they just won't hold date and time. So you put that camera on an all-year set location. And then you're trying to decide, I hung it on this day. This is looks like the third daylight, you know, the third date. It's actually October 3rd instead of January 1st. Um, and... You're, it goes into the night and daytime, figuring out what an evening is compared to a morning. It's very, very confusing. So when you you don't only want to make sure that camera takes pictures, you also want to make sure that it's holding the date and time. Um, and then one final thing that you want to do is you want to decide what settings that that camera is going to be on. Um, is this going to be you know, is this going to be a long-term set where you just want it on maybe a two-shot burst? Is this a cell cam that maybe you want on one-shot or two-shot burst to save data? Is this a cam that you're going to be checking regularly? Maybe you want it on video mode on a scrape to get, you know, get some really cool video and see how the deer is interacting with the scrape, how aggressive it is. Is it a camera that you're going to be checking and you want on hybrid where it takes a picture and then takes a video? That's something that you need to decide with that camera because that's going to convert into a lot of the other things like the SD card size, the batteries that you need to use. So you need to decide, is this going to be just a cam that I check? Is this going to be a cam that I put out there all year? What is this cam going to do for me and where where am I going to place it and how how is it going to run for me? You know. So once you decide that, that's just the basics of the cameras. You know, Just make sure everything's in working order. Get that test picture, get the firmware updates, make sure it holds date and time, and to decide what you want to do with that camera. Um, on from that, let's get into SD cards. So SD cards, if you like most guys like me in the past, you just kind of buy whatever and put it in there just to get it out and get it going. And then you get a card error or the, picture, or the camera didn't take pictures or you have bad pictures on the card. It didn't write right. It's in different format. Um, there's ways you can eliminate all that. So with SD cards, when you buy SD cards, you don't have to buy the most expensive gold, high dollar, you know, 64 gig card. Um, your, the camera picture size is actually very, very small. So you don't need something gigantic. You don't need something really expensive, but what you do want to do is you want to stay away from all generic cards. You want to be looking for a Panasonic card a SanDisk, a Lexi, or an Exodus card, or something that's a name brand that like you've seen around. I run a lot of SanDisk, a lot of Exodus. I have a few Lumex, all good cards. Um, those, they're going to be solid. Um, but if you go into that 
that camera, that if you have that camera, what it's gonna, what you need to do is you're gonna be able to go on that website or it, on the website of whatever camera manufacturer it is, or if you have the book of that camera, it's gonna tell you what kind of card to run there. It's gonna say a SanDisk 32 gig, this class 10. Like that's, it's gonna tell you exactly what card that camera is supposed to be ran off of. And that's the card that you need to use. That's the best case scenario. If you don't have that, then get, you know, get, just make sure you get a name brand card, micro cards, stay away from micro cards. They are the enemy of all things trail camera. Um, they work, but there is there, you're doubling the contact points and you're doubling the chance of air. Um, so I hate, I hate at the micro SD cards. I've, I homie used to run them all the time and it drove me crazy. Um, I just do not like it. I know some people like them because they can use those SD cards and other things, but it's best just to completely eliminate those from your, your inventory and do not use micro SD cards. Um, another thing that I like to do is I like to have two cards per camera. It's pretty, pretty standard. Um, what I do is I mark a camera number one and then I mark two cards number one and when if I pull the card the other number one goes in there and no other card goes into that camera the reason being is different cameras different camera manufacturers all write differently so if you were to put say you're going to take that card and you had it in the stealth cam and now you're going to put it in an exodus that card from stealth cam is going to be formatted different than exodus so if you put that card from a stealth cam to an Exodus cam, it may not write files. And you're not going to know if it's writing files until you go out and pull that SD card and realize that it didn't work. Then you're going to be wondering, like, the batteries or whatever. But I've, I've had that happen so many times. Same thing go, goes for a viewing device. If you pull the card out of a camera... And you put it in like something that you can check the card on your phone, right? That's gonna that's gonna firmware for whatever device that you have that's checking that card. So it's gonna decide how it's gonna pull that data off that card to your phone. So you can use those, it's fine. I don't recommend it, but you can. But if you do use it, make sure it's a quality one. It's an it's it's a good it's a good reader. It's not some Chinese reader that's real cheap because it's going to write some weird, funky stuff in there, and that card's going to be, you know, ruined. But if you do do that, when you put that SD card back in the camera, so say you checked it on your phone, swipe through it, maybe you screenshotted some pictures, now you're going to put it back in there, make sure every time that you take an SD card out and you put another SD card in there, you format that card inside that camera every single time before you leave. So you go in there and you find format, you click yes, you let it do its thing, it'll reboot, and then you're good to go. If you do that every single time, it will be become habit. Um, so if you, t if you bring, say you go out, you pull your 5, 10 cards, you bring them all home, you hook them into your, your computer, and you start looking at them. You look through them all, you put them back in your slots for one, two, three, four, five, whatever. 
When you go back out, insert those cards, format those cards inside that camera. It's easy to do, and then you know that when that first picture is taken, it's going to write and when work. If you came home and put it in your computer and it reformatted that card for your computer to pull those files off, whatever platform you use to pull the pictures up on your computer, you use media or whatever you use, Apple or whatever, and you pull it up, it's going to reformat that card. So when you bring it back out there, make sure and format that card inside the camera. So just go over SD cards one more time. Manufacture cards, whatever the camera says, that's the best. Whatever the manufacturer that camera says to use, that's the absolute best card to use for that camera. No, no ifs, ands, or buts. That's what it was designed for. That's what it works the best with. If that's not the case and you have a bunch of SD cards and you don't want to purchase whatever it's recommended, make sure it's a non-generic card. It's a name brand card. And like I said, it's a Panasonic, a Sandisk, a Lexus, an Exodus, something that's been around. You know you've seen them before. Not some Chinese, Japanese card. They're going to be cheaper, um, but don't, don't go that route. Stay away from micro SD cards. If you have to switch them all, I know it's a pain in the ass, but you will thank me later. If you if you go out there this year with a micro and you have an air, you could be like, damn it, I should have got rid of these things. I've been burned by them so many times. Um, and then always format that card. And that that's the basics of SD card. Now getting into the third thing is, or one more thing before we leave SD cards. Remember when I said decide what you're going to use that camera for? So if you're going to leave that camera on a long-term set all year, not come back, maybe it's out of state or something, you probably want to have a higher gigabyte card, like a 32 gig in there. Um, but you also want to make sure what your camera is capable of running. Um, you know, some of the cameras won't work on, a, you know, a big card, like a 128 gig card, they won't work, or a 64 gig card, they won't work. 32 is the max. Um, so you have to make sure and verify that through the manufacturer as well. Um, if you have a camera that you're going to check, like pretty frequently, throw an 8 gig in there, throw a 4 gig in there. They're much cheaper cards. I run a ton of 8 and 16. 16 is like my bread and butter for those ones that I check. Maybe you get a bush that really eats up, you know, a lot of space or something. You get in some blank picks. Um, but you got to plan out what camera is going to be for what. So you got that long-term set. You want to dedicate a 32 gig card for that. You have that one that you're going to check check frequently you want to dedicate you know an an 8 gig 16 gig for that you have a cell cam with a lot of these cell cams you can actually delete the pictures on the card so you can run a smaller card in that cell cam and and save those bigger cards for those long-term sets you're going to run one on video on a scrape you're going to want a big sd card in that you're going to run you know especially with some of the cameras going out that are filming you know in 1080 and 4k they're going to take up a lot of space um, especially if you're running, you know, 15 second video or something, it's going to take up a lot of space. So you need to have a big SD card in that. So you need to make a plan with your, your camera and what SD card is going to go in there. Um, and then set that aside. If at, number five is going to be your full time all year set out of state, you're going to want a 32 gig or 64 gig card dedicated to that. And you, you want to number it. Okay, that was number five. You need to number that card number five. You know that that card goes in no other camera, and you utilize it for this camera alone. 
Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Ready for a spring break to remember? Amtrak's got just a ticket for you and your crew. With share fares, you and your friends can save up to 60%. The more who travel, the more you save. Skip the hassle of driving through the Northeast while exploring D.C., Philly, New York, and Boston. No middle seats and plenty of legroom are just an Amtrak away. And with stops right in the heart of your favorite cities, you'll arrive downtown, not out of town. Savings start with three travelers. Eight travelers required for 60% discount. Visit Amtrak.com slash sharefares to book. Restrictions may apply. And then you know that you have a 64 or 32 gig for that camera dedicated for the year. Getting into the next thing is power supply. Everybody knows that lithiums are the absolute best, guys. They are so expensive, but they run at a constant voltage. So they're going to be, they're going to give you the most effective all year long trail camera data. Your camera's going to be running at the best it can. You're not going to miss pictures. You're not going to get, you know, low battery things in freaking September right before season. Um, if you cannot afford those, solar panels are an incredible options that I've been eye-open to this year. Um, you can run good batteries in there, run your solar panels. The solar panel actually has a battery in itself. So the SP18 from... Exodus actually has a battery pack that your camera will run off of with that solar panel. And if that solar panel was to fail or say you, you know, you didn't get the, the sunlight, you, it reverts back to those AA batteries that you have in there. So you have a secondary backup and I, and they run all year. I've had them out for months and months and months. And absolutely, I look at my battery supply and it's just, Green, green, full, full. And it's just so awesome to know that you don't have a worry at all. So with me running so many cams, something that I've learned about batteries is I've found a good option other than lithium. So so let me be really specific on this. 
if you're running a cell cam that you're not going to check very often, you probably want to splurge for a solar panel or a uh, or a lithium battery. Now, people look at the solar panels, they look at the cost, and they're like, man, that's a lot per camera, et cetera, et cetera. But when you look at um, lithium batteries with all with all these companies trying to get electric cars and stuff, lithium battery prices are just going to go up. Lithium's going to go up, up, up. Battery prices are going to continue to go up, up, up. It's never going down. So say you have a solar panel and it lasts you for two years. Okay, so you got you got a... Some of these some of these cameras are taking way more than eight batteries now. But say you got eight batteries. At minimal, you got 16, 16 per battery change. Say you have to change them twice a year. You're looking at thirty-two bucks. In four years, you got sixty-four. In two years, you got sixty-four dollars worth of batteries that you could have bought an, an, a solar panel for. Now that solar panel lasts you five six years. You're way ahead of the game. So, solar panels seem like a big purchased at first and they are don't get me wrong they're expensive if you buy a whole bunch of them but in the long term they pay for themselves. and just the pure fact that you don't ever have to go change batteries is so valuable time being what it is for me with the amount of kids i have and i know all you guys out there are probably your whitetail fanatics you probably work full time a lot of you probably have kids as well checking cameras changing batteries is a really time consuming thing to do if you have these solar panels, eliminates all that. So that's my quick rant on solar panels. But a really good option for batteries is Industrial Energizer. They're a yellow pack. You get on BatteryMart.com and you buy a deal. You can buy them at a thousand a pop. You can buy a thousand batteries at a time. They have some really, really, really good deals, like thirty cents, forty cents a battery kind of deals. You know. And I buy them 30 or a thousand at a time. I stack them on a shelf. They do have a battery life. I go through them pretty quickly. One thing I will tell you, if you purchase those batteries in that thousand pack, you will get some dead batteries in those thousand. It's just part of the game. When you buy batteries, you need to buy a $3 battery tester. I mean, they're really, really cheap. You put the double A in there, you squeeze it, it goes to green. Um, you go through there, and you will be surprised on, you know, you this camera won't work. I don't know what's going on. You know, what the heck? And then you're like, well, I'll just change out all eight batteries. You put eight new batteries in there. Oh, it works now. Well, probably one of those eight is bad if you just got them out of the packs. Um, the That is the best budget friendly option with still giving you some long-term life they're just the energizer industrials are designed for like power tools cold weather they're not like the amazon basic um batteries which are perfect batteries if you just want to run the basic cam you know and you're in there checking it kind of on and off but if you're going to go kind of long term you want something a little better than that i mean it's not going to meet the needs that you're looking for for that season. Um, they're going to die quick. You're going to be in there changing them out. So check out the Energizer Industrial. Like I said, make sure and get that that battery tester. So basic rundown of batteries. Lithiums are the best. Hands down, 
if you want to especially sell cams, guys, lithiums are the best, okay? I'm not saying that. Good second option, solar panels. Real solid second option. Third option, Energizer Industrials, 1000 at a time if you can afford it. Um, it's not a crazy investment if you run as much cameras as I do. It is still an investment, though. Um, if you don't run that many cams, the only bad thing about that is they come in like big boxes of packs of four and you got to dump them all out. Amazon Basics come in like a big pack of like 60, all kind of just like a plastic tote. Um, but you will get dead Amazon basic batteries as well. But those, you know, everybody knows that those are the cheapest batteries, but those are like remote batteries, remote control car batteries. They're not designed to run, especially cell cameras that run at constant voltage. They are not going to give you what you need. Your cameras are not going to work as effectively as they should. So that's the rundown on batteries, SD cards, cameras. So once you do all that, you got all your test pictures done, you got your cards formatted, you got them powered up, you got your battery supply, you got them designated. Now it's time to deploy. This is when it gets tricky. For me, I used to deploy them very, very early. I would deploy them so early in the year that I'd have to change batteries during that really, really good time of the year. My batteries would be dying in mid-October. So, I'd be putting them out there, you know, July, you know, June, you know, and they're out there June, July, August, September. They're out there five, four, four and a half, five months. You get into that mid-October, now you got cameras out there dying. You got cameras that are barely battery supply. You got cell cams that are on red, um, and you got to go out there and change batteries in the middle of the season. So what I've done as my cell cams that I run lithiums or I run solar panels on, I'll put them out earlier. No big deal. Let them run. Let them do their thing. My SD card cameras, I'm going to hold off on those until that late July, August time frame. Um, you're not, in my opinion, this is just my opinion, from July to mid-August, you're not going to get any intel unless you have like a velvet season or something in your state. But like for the Midwest, when most seasons open up September 15th to October 1st, you're not going to get any intel other than maybe a bucks alive that is going to make or break your season. And having to change those batteries when you need to be hunting and you need to be getting that long-term set data is really, really hard because we've done it so many years. Our batteries, we got to do that big battery switch right before season or right the first couple weeks of season. And you're hunting and then you're getting down, you're walking your whole property and you're changing all the SD cards and you're bumping deer and you're changing all the batteries and just a mess so i've been pushing it back a month and a half to get me into that late november time i need to change batteries or maybe i make it all year with the lithiums or you know instead of that middle of when you're really running the trail cameras to get the data on those bucks that are daylighting and they die so that's something to think of if it's something you can get to easier you know maybe you know on the edge of a field you can grab a folder to it yeah run it run it early you know get some velvet picks that's that's awesome get some growing picks but those ones that are deep and stuff that you don't want to mess around in, do not hang them early um, and then have to go in there and change batteries right when the hunting's getting good. 
Um, another thing is, like I said, you decided what term of cameras that you want. What I like to do is I like to get my long-term set cameras hung first. So if I'm starting early enough, I want to go in there and hang my long-term set cameras first. The reason being is I'm going to hang these and I'm going to forget them. I'm not going to have to wheel and deal with these all year. I'm not going to have to figure out where, you know, if, where I'm going to move them next. These are new spots. I'm trying to get intel on. I want to hang it there. I want to make sure that it's good, make sure that it's perfect, and let it run. A lot of times if it's spots that I can get too easy, I will do one card pull on them just to verify that I'm not getting blanks or it's set up the way I want, the angle's good. But a lot of these, you're, you know, you're multiple hours away from home or you're traveling or it's property you don't go to a lot. I like to get those out first and let them start doing the work. Mark them on a map somewhere with a pin, whether it's on a map that you print out, a map on your phone, a map, you know, one of the metal maps you can put magnets on that people have. Whatever it is, mark it on a map and figure out, I'm on a long-term set of cam here and figure out what this spot's like. That is the best thing about long-term setting. You're literally hunting every single day, watching where that camera is, knowing what's in that area in daylight and dark, what bucks go through there. You could get pictures off that camera that help you two years down the road. You know, you're looking for a, a spot to go, and you pull that camera. You're like, well, this spot was pretty good October 12th to the 16th. And you're like, well, let's go give it a try. And you go in there and you kill. Long-term sets for whitetail hunting is awesome. It's incredible, man. There's so much you intel that you can squeeze out of those little uh, little pockets of long-term set cams. Um, the second I like to get out are my cell cams. I like to get my cell cams out. One reason I like to get them out earlier is those are the cams that you want in the absolute primo money. You're going to be, those are your MRI, most recent cams. Those are those cams that you want to be able to get intel from and it be absolutely perfect. You want, you know, I'm running my solar panels on those. I'm running the lithiums in those and I'm trying to be as effective as I can with those. So I'm getting those out second. Thirdly, I'm getting out my my uh, reg SD cards that I will potentially check throughout the year. And a lot of these are in areas that I will hunt. Maybe it's close to a stand and I could check it after I get done hunting. Or maybe it's on the way to a stand. Maybe it's on a crossing off a road where I access. Maybe it's on a public where I'm watching a certain area for human pressure. Maybe it's somewhere. Those aren't the... 100% I'm going to kill off cams. So if I don't get around to getting those hung out till second week of October or whatever, that's fine. But for me, having so many cams with limited time with the amount of stuff as I have going on, I get the long-term sets out first because that is where the bread and butter of trail cameras, in my opinion, are for SD card cams. That's where you're going to get the intel on just the actual property, let alone the pictures. Like you find a spot where you get a bunch of big, big pictures year after year, that's just a good spot. For some reason, it's a good spot, and you need to go in there and hunt it and figure out why. The second is the cell cams, because those are your the most recent information machines that are going to help you kill live action during season. You know, you want to get those out for sure. Thirdly, is that 
you know, the reg SD card cam that you might check, maybe not check, no really pattern on when you're going to check it. It's just on the way to do something. You're going to go check this property, etc. Those are the last ones I hang because some of those might not get hung until I go in and hunt an area in October. I go in and hang a stand there in September or something like that. Those, those are the last that I put out. I always, always like to try to keep a couple SD card reg cams not deployed until I start hunting during the season. You get a hot scrape that pops up. You find something you really like while you're out hunting and scouting. I always like to have a cam in my backpack. You find another spot that you think might be a long-term set camp spot. You always want to have a cam set back. And I also like to keep a mobile cam set back, which is hard to do because you want to utilize all the assets you can. But sometimes you come into a money spot where a scrape's tore up and you're like, are they hitting this right now? Are they hitting it at night? Is this community all does? What's going on? You throw a mobile cam on there, you know what's going on on that puppy. Um, so I like to store one of those back as well. Um, I know it's hard to do, but what I normally do, <laughs> this is what I normally do, and this is how I've slowly gained in trail cameras, is I hang all my stuff and I like I buy, when, when the trail cameras are on sale, like I'll buy a couple and just leave them in the package. Um, and then... When it's time to, oh shit, I want a cam over here. I got a freshie, never out of the package, ready to rip that I know is going to work. <laughs> and it's just sitting there ready to go. Um, that's what I like to do. Just have a couple on backup. Like I said, if you can have one cell cam on backup, that could really help you as well. Maybe you pick up a new property in the middle of the season. You want to get some cams on there. Well, now you got to go figure out what cams you're going to pull off other properties to move over here. It's always better to have more assets than less, and assets at home sometimes or in your backpack are huge. Um, last thing you want to do after you kind of plan on how you're going to deploy them sequentially wise is just figure out your spots, man. Like if you go in there and where are you going to be hunting the most? That's where you want to get those cams out first, that property. Where is the biggest buck that you think you got? You want to get on him the quickest. Um, and then you want to stair step down. Where's that last property that kind of holds bucks, but it's kind of hard. You hunt it cause it was good a few years ago, you know, but it's been kind of rough. That's the last place you want to hang cams. You want to go from your highest chances of success to lowest chances of success. Cause like I said, sometimes I got cams that don't get out until third week, of October, because I just, I can't get them all out. Maybe I pulled them from one stop and now they're at home and they're sitting there and I hate I hate having cams set there unless it's, you know, my two that are just sitting there doing nothing. But if I have more than that at home, I'll go throw them in a ditch line somewhere just to get the intel. Like, no matter where they're at, they're in some creek crossing, whatever, by the road. Just trying to get anything, any useful tidbit of information out of that camera, I can. I'll just deploy them anywhere. I, there's a spot that hardly ever see deer. Um, but I threw a cam out there and there's pretty solid buck that went through there late season, you know, and I was just like, hell, I got this extra cam, you know, I'm going to throw it up there. Like it's, it's gotta, I'm done hunting this public, so I'm going to pull it and I'm going to take it there. I got to have it out. Um, if it's one that's supposed to be deployed somewhere. Um, but that is the checklist of deploying your trail cameras from the beginning to end. All the stuff at home, you could have that camera 
set up on the best scrape, the best dough bedding area, the best rub line, the best pinch point. If you don't do all the steps, the SD cards, making sure the camera's taking pictures, make sure it's holding date and time, the batteries, that camera is going to fail you during the year. If you don't have those back, you know, SD cards, you can swip in and out of cams. Um, I know it's a lot if you're starting from nothing and you know you need to get all new SD cards. You got to get batteries. Um, this is the best case scenario. You can always you know do it different, but this is what I've learned over the years that have really helped me not go out there. There's nothing more frustrating than when you go to pull a camera and you pull that card, you go home, and you put it in your computer, and there's nothing on it. And you're so excited to see what's on that card. You're so excited to see what's in that area, what bucks are in there, what can I chase, what can I hunt. You know, what what chess match am I going to play with what buck, you know? Um, and seeing if you can connect dots from other bucks to other areas. And you get home, and there's nothing on that card. And you know that it was more than likely your fault. You did something wrong with that SD card. You didn't verify the camera. You didn't format the SD card when it went into the camera. You did something wrong to not get the pictures on that. And it burns, man, especially if it's in the long-term set cam. That is the worst. I've done it multiple times, and it's so, so frustrating. Um, but that wraps this episode up. If you guys got any questions of how I do stuff, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, any of my social medias or personal Facebook or anything like that. I'll always answer you guys. Always love chatting with you guys. Like always, always try to do the right thing. Try to leave a legacy. I love you guys. Appreciate you tuning in all the way to the end. And Whitetail Legacy is out until I'm coming in your holes next Wednesday, 11 a.m. Central Time.